Hey, and welcome to Too Much. I'm Jess. And I'm Mandy. As ethical vegan women, the word extreme is often used to describe us. And honestly, sometimes it feels overwhelming to care so much about so many different things. So we created this show to talk about anything and everything we want, from veganism and other world issues, to feminism and all the controversial topics in between. This is a space for us to be exactly who we are, which for most is probably too much. Here we are, episode 10, <laughs> double digits, we made it, finally. Um, today we are continuing the body body positivity conversation, body neutrality, body confidence. We're going to be talking about all that stuff once again today because, as you could probably tell from the last episode, we could go on and on about it. There's so many little facets to dive into so yeah we got pretty fired up (laughs) yeah so we are gonna cover a lot more stuff we actually it was jess's idea to do the instagram polls to kind of get your guys's opinions and feelings on certain subjects within the body positivity movement um so jess has those results right now and i'm very excited to hear them i'm excited to shock you you might not be shocked though but It was actually weird because the difference between our two sample sizes were really different, actually, some of them. That's surprising to me. Yeah, some of them were identical, and some of them were very, very different, so... I wonder what yours and mine, like, what our demographic is, and what that would have to do with it, or, like, yeah, what kind of people... I didn't think very different people would follow us, but maybe that is the case. Yeah. Did you have very many men in yours, do you know? No. (laughs) No, I only had a sprinkling of men. Um, So the first question that we asked you guys was, have you struggled with body confidence? And for a really long time, mine was at 100%. I kind of assumed it would be 100%, but 98% yes, 2% no. I'm like, I was amazed by people who said no i'm like what i know are you living on i don't really believe them there (laughs) i know i'm like are you really that aloof i don't know maybe they're just in denial (laughs) which is kind of sad to say um the next one was have you struggled for most of your life with body confidence and majority was yes 83 and a half percent yes have you struggled for most of your life that's sad and a little bleak but also makes sense yeah, not surprising to me at all either. I think if you sh- ever struggle with body confidence, it's something you will continue to struggle with, unfortunately. Yeah. And next we asked, has the body positivity movement made you feel better about your body? This shocked me because we <laughs> talked about how problematic it was. 58% yeah. of people said yes, it has made them feel better about their body. Oh. I know. That's... Eh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I definitely am on the no side. Yeah. It, when no. you really think about it, I think maybe some of those yes voters are saying, you're not really thinking into it. They're just thinking, oh, well, it's body positivity, so of course it would help me. But, like, when you, like, when I really thought about it, I was like, honestly, no. I don't feel, there was no body positivity movement on Instagram a few years ago, and I don't feel any different about my body since that started. No, a lot of it was really thinking back to all the times I've seen posts like that, it's really quite shallow, too. It's hard to really 
absorb that information take it all in be like oh yeah like I'm cured now I feel so much better about myself so I was really loved this question do you feel pressure to like your body 66% said yes 34% no that question was interesting to me because I really didn't really know how to answer it (laughs) I've never really thought about that I think it's something that we we started to dive into it last week and I really like that idea that it's not so much about it's it's also it's about how your body looks that's apparently so important to some people but also there's so much pressure to be positive about your and that's the whole problematic piece about body positivity so it was actually interesting that so many people said no I think for me cuz I feel like there's so much pressure for everything in life um next one was this one's so good do the influencers you follow advocate for body confidence or acceptance and 87 percent said yes but i don't really believe that really i don't know i don't maybe like they threw one post up but i guess i don't know who everyone's following and i think a lot of people who would follow us are like progressive thinkers and would already you know like like do you have a lot of body positivity people on your feed yeah so many yeah me too i mean yeah yeah it doesn't really surprise me but it is funny that we follow so many of them and then you look at the other question does it do they help you feel better about your body and everybody most a lot of people said no So it's like, why, what are we looking for there? Um, And then I wanted to get into, are the influencers you follow largely white, able-bodied, and skinny? 52% said yes, but 48% of people said no. That was also, I don't believe believe it either. I think people are like, yeah, yeah, I checked that box during BLM. I follow Mm -hmm. some black people now, and it's like, no. Like, really think about it. Is your feet a majority minorities? Probably not. No. Mine's not still. Probably mine's not even. No, no, exactly. I think it's important to acknowledge that. Yeah, largely white, able-bodied, and skinny means majority white, able-bodied, and skinny. Like, are you following lots of black people, lots of marginalized groups, like people in wheelchairs, people who are fat? Queer people. Okay, so this one is interesting compared with what our influences are like. Do the influencers you follow make you feel better or worse about yourself? 51% said better. So 49% worse. That's weird to me. It's interesting how close these all are, or most of them are. What? That doesn't really make sense to me. I know. Well, I'm also wondering because the influencers that I follow actually do make me feel better because I've been unfollowing anyone who makes me feel worse about myself so maybe people are doing the same and then we asked instagram does going on instagram make you feel better or worse about yourself 80.5 percent of people said worse more than 80 percent of us instagram makes us feel worse about ourselves when we use it like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, because people say, oh, the people I follow make me feel better. And then when you go on Instagram, it makes you feel worse about yourself. We need some explanations here. Like maybe maybe people they follow make them feel better or inspired or whatever. But maybe just the actual act of like being on Instagram and wasting your time makes people feel worse about themselves. 
But that has nothing to do with, like, body image, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the people that they know that make them feel worse about themselves. And they feel like they can't unfollow them. Because it's like, oh, it's like my best friend's best friend. I can't unfollow her. And it's like, bitch, you can mute her. Like, mute her. Oh, man. I use that mute button so much. Mm-hmm. I have been too. I'm like, bye. Thank God for that, though. It's just so stupid that we live in this time where, like, unfollowing somebody means that, like, why does that have to be a dramatic thing? Like, I'm just trying to take care of myself. We don't need to make it this big ordeal. Absolutely. I agree. I remember when that was, like, the worst thing you could do to another person. It's like, well, I still like you. I just can't really take seeing photos of you or it brings up things that aren't healthy for me. And then TikTok was not quite as bad. Does going on TikTok make you feel better or worse about yourself? 74% of people said worse. So almost three quarters of people still said going on TikTok makes them feel worse about themselves. And 26% said it makes them feel better. If I could give anyone a piece of advice, it would just be unfollow anyone who makes you feel bad about yourself. Just as soon as you see it, unfollow. Don't wait to do it. Don't let it pop up again because I just know I feel absolutely gutted when I see a photo of someone who triggers me. I've unfollowed so many people who's like, I love their content and I wish I could see more cute photos of them, but I know what they look like. I know that their hair is cute. I know that they have beautiful aesthetics, but I don't need to feel like inadequate as a person. I think it's important to be mindful of like how you're feeling when you are going through your feed because oh yeah like you say it's just a fleeting moment Mm -hmm. and maybe we don't even recognize that feeling of feeling down about ourselves when we see someone else through our phone whether or not they're more more beautiful than us or whether or not they look like they're having more fun or out doing more things or accomplishing more than us like whatever that is that makes you it might not even make you feel bad necessarily but it might just make you like compare yourself like just be mindful of that feeling when you're actually going through your phone and do whatever you need to do to unfollow them i can't even believe the difference that i feel in myself compared to how i used to feel when i went on instagram and now it's just this oh my god like i'm just learning i'm just you know, reading up on all these materials, but it's literally all my, my entire feed is, like, education about, like, racism and, like, all this stuff like that, so, and body positivity and zero waste and all this stuff, so it makes me feel, like, happy, it makes me feel like I'm learning things instead of going on and just seeing, like, white chick with long blonde hair white chick with long blonde hair I'm like well I don't have long blonde hair so these are all making me want it and I physically cannot have it for probably a couple years so that's interesting my friend well she's kind of my we're Instagram friends she lives in Ontario Kate is plant-based go follow her on Instagram she like we followed each other forever ago before we both made vegan pages just on our personals Um, And then I made my vegan page. She followed me like three years ago. And then just like a year ago, she made her own vegan page. And so we followed each other and she voted on all those polls and she messaged me and she said, I never touch my personal account anymore. Like with the vegan account, I was able to start fresh and just follow like vegan pages or activists that inspire me or whatever recipe pages. And... And I don't touch my personal anymore for that reason, because on my personal, I follow all these celebrities and models and 
people who make me wish I lived a different life. And that's totally, I'm in the exact same boat. And I'm like, yeah, I never, ever touch the personal anymore. Because every time I go on there, I just don't feel good about myself. And I've been finding, now that I've had the vegan account for so long, and I'm on it all the time, it's slowly starting to turn into that kind of, like, toxic thing where I don't even want to, like, I'm, I'm pretty much taking a phone break right now. I've only downloaded Instagram again to, like, promote the podcast and stuff, but Jess and I were in Tofino for a few days, and so I was not able to be on my phone anyways, and that kind of made me realize how much it affects me, so I've been trying to stay off of it more because it just kind of did a real... 180 for my mental health in terms of feeling better about my body like just not comparing myself to anybody and not like worrying about what people might be thinking of me if I post something even though I am somebody to not like really care what people think of me it's still always in the back of your head and you don't even really realize until you take a break for sure it's it just kind of becomes your new reality and until you take a break from all those constant intrusive thoughts and images in your head like that's not really it's not a natural thing to be bombarded with like our brains are literally we can take in so much more information now but everyone's starting to have way less of an attention span because we're just getting hit with all of this crazy information and the other thing that I was thinking is all of those influencers who aren't necessarily ethical influencers or eco-friendly influencers, they're always trying to sell you things. So I find myself wanting like the Smeg toaster that's $500. I'm like, that's so stupid. Just because I see it in someone's like perfect white kitchen, like I can't have that perfect white kitchen right now. It's not in the cards. So even that, it's so hard to see anything if you're following an influencer who is probably California-based and it's about clothing and fashion and things and consuming and that's the whole basis of all those pages. Yeah, consumerism for sure, like when people are genuinely trying to sell you things and even, like it all seems to be about what you don't have, whether or not it's buying things or whether or not it's looking a certain way and the fact that our polls say that sorry do the polls do say that instagram makes people feel worse right mm-hmm. so why the fuck are we all on it then you know what i mean why are we doing this to ourselves that's what i was gonna say it makes us feel so bad so why are we using it i was listening to higher priestess and they said the exact same thing but they were talking about how it's just a herd mentality thing If we were to switch to the new app comes out, the new platform comes out, if everyone went and switched over and no one was using Instagram anymore, nobody else would want to be on Instagram anymore. It's all about the audience and the following and people seeing your stuff. And feeling like you're not missing out on something. Yes, the FOMO is so real. You know, so many people say that their page is just for them and it's creative and it's their outlet but if you had zero followers are you still gonna post your stuff i don't know it's just about people seeing other people living like if it was really for you you'd probably just have a little gallery of photos or a word document that you wrote your thoughts in like 
or a journal or what have you. I mean, same for me. If no one was interested in my content, I wouldn't really be posting it. No, me neither, honestly. Well, did you have some questions about from our uh, listeners? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. I'm sorry if you asked the question last week and I didn't get to it. Instagram was, like, updated and I'm not able to find the questions from last week, but I got, I got one question <laughs> from this week and somebody just wanted us to talk about men's body positivity how magazines will critique them and you know they get no support like there's much more of a body positivity movement for women but men don't really have that and we almost covered that last week and then we got on an angry tangent but I mean like yeah I think it is important to acknowledge that men have certain standards that they feel like they need to meet I'm sure whether you know whether it's being the strong protector and being big and strong and manly and fit always you know being emotionless I mean yes the whole point of feminism and unlearning the patriarchy is the patriarchy is good for no one the patriarchy also affects men negatively because it's teaching women that they need to be a specific way an extremely specific way that changes every day and it teaches men exactly that they shouldn't be emotional and they need to be muscular and that's about that so it really benefits no one well it benefits white men but it still harms white men at the same time it's a very interesting concept so yeah i would say for sure men definitely struggle with body positivity and confidence and they are portrayed in a way where they're supposed to everyone's supposed to look like Brad Pitt but I think the idea of support is that I'll equate it to the Black Lives Matter we're showing so much support for Black Lives Matter because Black Lives are a much more prevalent and pressing issue right now that's why we don't have an All Lives Matter campaign we have a gay pride because because LGBTQ plus people have been oppressed for such a long time and there's such a history of violence against them that they deserve that extra recognition. So imagine it's a pedestal and men are at the very, 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 very top. We're trying to raise everyone up to the same level. We're not trying to tear men down. We're not trying to say that men deserve less attention or less support, but we're trying to give support to the groups who have been marginalized and silenced and oppressed for literally centuries literally being gay was considered a disease and women couldn't vote and all these things right so i think it's more about the fact that women need the support and that's why we're trying to create these movements for women men also need the support but not in the same way we're not on the same level because your existence is upheld by the white bourgeoisie and the patriarchy and you're just that much higher on the social hierarchy you are at the very top it's just important not to compare issues among different groups because it just doesn't make sense to think that everyone is struggling with the same type of issue there's so many complexities and facets to everything yeah we the reputation that feminists get is man haters because people don't really look into feminism and they just assume that women are all about themselves and they don't care about anyone else and that's not the case it's about lifting up the marginalized groups that need lifting up so that everyone can be treated equally under the law and in society and politically and 
everything. So that's my long-winded answer at saying <laughs> we should definitely support men, but women need more support right now because it's pressing. And we also owe it to women because we have oppressed them and committed heinous acts of violence against them and just discriminated against them and, and ridiculed and belittled them for so long that we're giving them that extra little bump of support. Yes, women need the support. And I also think we're asking for it because we need it. Men aren't really asking for it. Do they need it? Probably, yes, still. On a smaller scale, maybe. You know, men are also are kind of scared to ask for it, I think. And that's something important to acknowledge, too. No, no guy wants to admit that they're, like, self-conscious of their body, I'm sure. And that is also just due to toxic masculinity and that's that's also a big reason why feminism is so important feminism isn't just for women it's also it's trying to like get comfortable with the idea of everyone being you know feminism being a good thing femininity being a good thing for women and for men to be able to show more of their feminine side too there's a really good documentary that me and kevin watched the mask you live in i think we just watched it on youtube for free it's basically about toxic masculinity and how before men are even born you know all this pressure is put on them and it goes over lots of important facts like why most men shoot up schools and are serial killers and you know it's always men yeah it's just so important to recognize that patriarchy negatively affects all of us it should be important for everyone to want to dismantle it because it makes men think that they can't have emotions so if you want to ask for help you feel like you can't because you're embarrassed and you're ashamed and nobody else around you is going to and you might get teased or worse so it's a system that's how it works right it's you're stuck in it forever until we can kind of have more conversations about, I don't know, how to change it. I wanted to ask you about, before we kind of continue our last discussion, about body confidence in quarantine and how it's been for you and just like your thoughts on hair and makeup in quarantine and, you know, some girls like get up and no matter where they're going or what they're doing, they put on all their makeup and they get dressed and do their hair and they're a lot of other girls who just like unless they absolutely have to do themselves up they don't i'm one of those girls yeah me too yeah if i can avoid it i will not put any mascara on i will barely put makeup on i lounge around the house in like old little sweatshorts and like big shirts and to be comfortable but I definitely noticed that, you know, putting on an outfit, like having a look um, and doing my hair, like having my hair done is like, I feel a thousand trillion times better about myself when my hair is done for some reason. And makeup on, I feel more confident about myself to go out into the world. And even at home, I'll like do my makeup and hair. And then whenever I pass a mirror, I'm like, damn, like I look good and I'm not, I'm not doing it for anyone in the public. I'm just at home, but I feel better about myself when I look that way. Totally. I actually kind of posted about this on Instagram right when quarantine all started because there are lots of articles circulating about how eating disorder cases will probably spike up or people who are doing okay will probably revisit eating disorder tendencies during quarantine because lots of people get their exercise by going to work or walking to work or being at work or 
that work was at least a distraction and now that a lot of people are being laid off or having to work from home they don't have to leave their house ever to you know get those steps in or at least get that distraction and I think obviously a lot of people are on their phones more during this whole pandemic thing because especially in the beginning everyone was worried and everyone was constantly on their phone and now that's still the case maybe we're not all as worried as we were before but we're still on our phones a lot as we were discussing earlier and it's just a lot of time to think about your body and compare yourself to others and think about all the exercise you're not doing or maybe you're not eating as healthy because of it when those articles were circulating I was thinking oh that doesn't that seems silly to me and then The more that I thought about it, I was actually, this is what I talked about on Instagram, I'd watched this video by Claudia Slowski or Slowski, Claudia Slowski. I do love her content, but she's like so stunning, and for that I had to unsubscribe, but I was watching her YouTube video, and I already knew the title of the video was like, my weight loss body confidence journey or something and I I could tell by the title and I was like I shouldn't watch this but I clicked it anyways she was never she looked fine before she lost the weight before she started exercising and there was this one picture she showed where she had the same shirt as me she said someone had told her that in that picture she her arms looked like a pregnant woman's arms and I was like first of all what the fuck does that mean second of all that got me thinking about me in that shirt and I was like oh we have a similar body type is that what I look like is that a bad thing and I just like went down the spiral for days of thinking what's wrong with my body I just was constantly thinking about my arms started doing at-home workouts again because I couldn't stop thinking about it and that's when I realized I thought back to those articles I read and I was thinking oh they're right like this is how it's gonna happen for so many people they're just gonna see that one thing that's gonna like set them into this negative mindset for weeks on end and you know end up exercising too much or not eating enough or eating too much or whatever i'm grateful you know i kind of caught it in time and i looked in the mirror and i was like are you delirious are you okay like calm down so that's basically been my quarantine journey up and down up and down up and down it certainly hasn't been easy it's been a lot harder than i expected you know the gyms being closed and mine opened back up a few weeks ago so that's been nice yeah and i never really like you say you know getting ready and putting on makeup and putting on a nice outfit that certainly used to happen a lot more before quarantine for me i mean even before quarantine it still didn't happen that much i'm like you i don't really i put on makeup like maybe twice a week pre-quarantine now even less i don't really do my hair often and i was just thinking i think that would really help my self-esteem if i just got up a little earlier and got like i go to work every day but i work at an at-home office with my family so i could wear pajamas if i wanted to it doesn't really matter but just getting ready before work in the morning and just looking cute all day and every time i go in the bathroom or whatever and see myself in the mirror it's such a confidence boost it helps so much i've been trying to do that all week and it's really really been helping me yeah just do it for yourself you don't have to do it for anybody but yourself whether or not you're gonna see your friends or go out I know same here it's and I'm just so curious about it because is it really given the fact that basically everything we do is under the patriarchy is it really empowering for us to put our makeup on and do our hair and feel better about ourselves when we've done those things like is that empowering 
can it be empowering? Can we make it empowering? Because, yeah, I struggle with that because I would like to simply feel good enough naturally, but the truth is that I feel the exact same way. When my hair is done and I have even just mascara and my eyebrows done and a little outfit on, I feel so much better about myself. I definitely think the quality of my day is that much better because every time I walk past myself in the mirror, like you said, yeah, it's interesting. But then I feel indignant about it because I feel like I should just be able to feel confident in my natural state. I think that's virtually been made impossible by like the way society's conditioned us to believe that we can only be socially acceptable in makeup and hair done. Yeah, I think it depends on your mindset too. Like I'm grateful to be someone who feels like I can go out in public and not wear makeup. I know so many girls that will have mental breakdowns if it means, you know, they're sleeping over at their boyfriends and they'll just wear their makeup to bed because they don't want anyone to see them without makeup. Of course, that's society's fault too. I think there is something empowering about not wearing makeup too. You know, it, what what's empowering is doing whatever makes you feel your best, whether that's like looking physically good and doing your makeup and doing your hair, or whether that's not doing anything and feeling like, fuck it, I'm still gorgeous and I can still go out in public and not worry about what people think of me. Yeah, I agree with that. Doing whatever makes you feel the best. With what you said about girls having to wear makeup around their boyfriends, that was the club scene. I knew so many, I had so many girlfriends. It's just the kind of common, the known thing that girls, if you go out and you go dancing and you're either like hooking up with your boyfriend that night or you meet someone, you keep your makeup on all night. You'll have like full club glam on and then you wake up the next morning and it's still on but it's just smeared all over and like half an eyelash is like stuck to the pillow and just it's kind of sad because I feel like those women feel like they can't just take a washcloth and wipe off the makeup so they can sleep with a clean face on it just makes me sad it's like I I see nothing wrong with girls wanting to get lash extensions or get their eyebrows microbladed or get plastic surgery whatever you want but it just sucks that women feel like they have to be at 100 all the time and the fact that men are the ones who make us feel like we have to change our bodies and add things and drastically change things and get treatments that are hundreds and hundreds of dollars and then they say after they're done that they hate them and they oh we look fake we're so fake like you're the one that made me think in the first place that my natural body and my natural hair wasn't good enough for you and now I'm spending literally thousands of dollars trying to change that. And then you come back and say that I look fake. That is the problem that I have. No one is ever happy with how women look in any state. They always have to comment on it. Oh, she's paid that much for her hair? That's so stupid. Oh, she has so much makeup on. Oh, she doesn't have that much makeup on. Like... I'm sorry, what would you like from us? Like, write me out a strategy. When men are like, I just like natural girls who don't wear any makeup, and they show you a fucking picture of some chick who's, like, covered in makeup, it's like, you don't know, buddy. In movies, and she just, like, wakes up, and her skin is perfect, and she has, like, we can see she has 
eyeliner. She has <laughs> mascara. Her eyebrows are perfect. And she just wakes up natural. Like, that's the image we've been feeding everyone. Like, I do not wake up like that. I, like, my, one of my freaking eyes is open, the other's closed. Like, my mouth is hanging open. Like, I'm disgusting when I sleep. It's just so unrealistic. Yeah, even, like, we'll watch lots of, like, medieval or, like, fantasy shit where they, like, live in castles and it's, like, thousands of years ago and it's, like, oh my god, Daisy won't stop meowing. And nobody wore a full face of makeup back then. That's so unrealistic. Like, nobody, nobody looked that beautiful back then, honestly. I mean, beautiful by that time standard, but nobody looked, like, what we look like now and that's all we see now in movies totally because we've created makeup to accentuate our natural features and there's nothing wrong with it it's just yeah can we talk about men commenting on women literally no matter what in any way shape or form movies tv real life people we know like the the comments that men think they're entitled to make about women is laughable compared to the amount of times in my life I've felt the urge inside of me to comment on the way that a man looks or make fun of a man. Yeah, when you compare it to that, it's like, I'm never, when a woman cries in a show, it's like, men are always like, whoa, she looks so ugly. And it's like, what did you expect? She's crying. Did the man who is crying look ugly yes did i think anything of it no why are you acting like she's supposed to like cry all beautifully and and petitely for you in a movie that somebody else directed so annoying the the choice word is annoying like women are annoying oh she's so annoying i know so many guys who comment on women and say that they're annoying whether it's a movie or a tv show or a podcast, or a person in real life. Like, she's so annoying. Like, no, you've just been brought up to think that she's annoying because of the way she is. Yeah, it's always the girls who are, you know, supposed to be smart in the show, or supposed to be tidy, or supposed to be rule followers, or rule rule breakers. If they're too opinionated in the movie, then that's annoying. It's like, okay, what, what level would you like this woman to be at to the point to where she'll be so boring that she at least won't be annoying or like the natural pitch of her voice annoys you like the way my voice naturally falls i'm sorry that that's annoying to you their voice wasn't annoying to you until they started being emotional until they started using their voice to have thoughts and feelings until someone told you her voice was annoying Literally, and you know what I was thinking? I had this epiphany again. Women are annoying simply for existing. And men, I was thinking about, well, men must be annoying also too. And I just realized how truly annoying men are when they harass you on the street, when they call out to you, when they harass you at work, when they follow you down a dark road and make you feel uncomfortable even if they have no bad intentions it's like men are so annoying but women are just annoying because they exist and men are annoying because they're constantly endangering our lives and being menacing like men are annoying because they're doing something wrong and women are annoying for being themselves that's such a good point 
Like, women are annoying for existing. Men are only annoying when they try to hinder our existence. But not even then. They're only annoying to us. They're not annoying to their fellow men. And people think that men like that are, like, in the minority. People think that men like that aren't constantly accosting women. Do you know how many people I know and how many people that woman knows and how many women that those women know? There's so many, there's so much anecdotal evidence. It's insane. So many women are literally assaulted and harassed all the time. So really, we should really consider men a lot more annoying than women because they're making life hell for us. Guys will say, like, she's so annoying, or I hate her, or wow, I can't stand her. And it's like, why don't you say that about any of the men? And why don't you realize that, like, you're saying there's so many perpetrators, there's so many men who've assaulted women and who have oppressed, physically oppressed us or verbally oppressed us. That's the same thing. You're, you're upholding this oppression against us when you make little remarks like that even if it's just watching a movie because maybe i talked about this last week but you think oh it's just a movie the actress can't hear me it's just a movie i'm just making a comment and it's like okay but she's a woman i'm a woman how many times have you said this about other women where i've been around and half the time i've said something and half the time i haven't But all the times, I've, like, felt offended because that's just you verbalizing how you view women. And I'm a woman, and that's how you view me. Yeah. I'm the one sitting next to you on the couch while you're belittling my gender over and over and over again in a seemingly harmless way. It's not harmless at all because you're literally, all these tiny microaggressions are upholding male supremacy and oppress the oppression of women obviously no one takes women seriously because it comes from stupid little comments like this if your dad makes little comments about women his whole life there's pretty good chance you're gonna grow up and not really take women very seriously and think the same things and there's no evidence or scientific fact backing that up it's just the things that you've learned from your father who you probably strongly believe It's so ridiculous. I would just, that whole switching the narrative thing is so powerful. Like, if you say something about a woman woman on, in a movie, just stop and think to yourself, would I say that about a man? Would I say that about the lead character? I know I talked a lot last week about the, just, there are such dumb television and movie characters that are male who always get the girl who always win, who are always the protagonist, even though they're a loser or they're literally an idiot. Like, their character is an idiot. Like, if you think women are annoying and you like those movies, I don't trust you. (laughs) Literally the worst. It's men's humor. It's not funny. It's not witty. It's not interesting. It's like bathroom humor. But you think women are annoying. Yeah, and that brings porn into it again. It's like, all free porn at least you can buy you can buy feminist porn and i highly recommend it (laughs) like anything on pornhub it's like i mean we can get into the whole human sex trafficking and stuff but besides that it's so misogynistic everything like literal videos are from the man's perspective yeah they're being filmed by a man directed yeah usually a gorgeous woman and have the i've 
rarely come across a video on Pornhub where I find a hot guy. It's so hard to find. That's so not fair. And that just totally plays into the whole, like, this is why so many women are still uncomfortable with their sexuality because you can't even go try to find something that turns you on on the internet because it's all for men. It's not for women at all. So then we think, oh, we're not supposed to please ourselves. We're not supposed to do this on our own. We need a, we need a man. Yeah, it's not for us. It's not for our viewing pleasure. It's literally made for men by men using women. Yeah, I am absolutely shocked at, I mean, I'm not shocked actually. I'm annoyed at the lack of education and healthcare surrounding women's sexuality because, hello, we're uh, half of the planet is women, but we know so much about men and their sexuality. And they're also, it's a lot more simple for them, but for women, it's extremely complex and no one, not many people have really cared to venture into that. And little girls and older girls are growing up and watching this thinking that that's the way it's supposed to be. And then little boys are growing up and watching this and thinking that that's the way it's supposed to be. So men are learning that they don't need to please a woman and it ends when they're done. And women are growing up thinking that their entire purpose in life is to be an object and please men and their pleasure doesn't matter. Or their pleasure simply comes from male pleasure, and that is not the case at all. No, and it's so overdramatic, like the girl screaming, and you know she's not having, there's nothing happening Oh for my her. god, it's but so But she's like, ridiculous. Ah! it's like, <laughs> no, no, like that little thing is, no. No, and it's like, oh man, it's just like, when we watch stuff together, like sometimes... Kevin will be like, wow, she really seems to be enjoying that. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's her fucking job. She's an actress. She's supposed to be not enjoying it. Would they have, like, included that in the clip if she wasn't enjoying it? Enjoying it in quotation marks because she's just pretending to? Because only, like, 20% of women actually come from penetration when 80% don't and most of us need clitoral stimulation which rarely happens in mainstream porn nobody even knows where that is they don't know how to find it or they like press it like it's an elevator button it's like holy (laughs) like no one knows our bodies including ourselves and that is tragic to me well imagine you know what how much of a change could be made if we're kind of going off on a tangent but if we learned about sex so differently like most of I would say my sex education in school wasn't about abstinence they definitely didn't make it seem that way they said you know if you're gonna use a condom and watch out for all these STDs and this is what you do when you do get an STD and and there's birth control, and they talk to us about our periods, but, like, imagine what could happen if we learned about how to, like, please ourselves. What if we just, they did talk about masturbation, but they didn't really, like, explain how to do it, or comfortable ways to do it, or ways to, like, get comfortable with yourself, and if they had just taught us that, 
I think a lot of us would realize, like, we don't need the guy <laughs> to get the pleasure, you know? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it helps, but most of the time, you know, we'd be fine without him. I know, the lack of sex education is staggering, and I mean, obviously, because nobody cares about women, so why would they bother teaching us anything valuable? It's all a system to uphold. Yeah, we don't learn about healthy relationships. We don't learn about confidence in our bodies. We don't learn about how to take care of ourselves. We don't learn about consent. We don't learn about anything. We just learn about the practicality. And honestly, it's so insanely boring that I don't remember anything I learned. And I had to relearn it all later in my life because I... It was so definitely boring, I got nothing out of it. And they missed so much about how things actually work. And if the schools could also stop being so cheap and actually hire out, like, sex educators instead of having my art teacher tell people how to put a condom on a banana, maybe... Like, that literally happened. And... Not everyone learned the same things. Like, I had a lesson about healthy relationships, barely learned anything, and STDs, barely learned anything. But other kids were learning, they were having the very um, straight-up sex education talk with our art teacher, and I didn't even get to go to that one. So some people missed out on literal sex education. Yeah, and it all feeds back into that we're all uneducated and women are going into sexual relationships not knowing what they deserve or want or how to do anything and men are going into it not valuing women enough and also not really realizing no one knows anything about women's sexuality. So I can only imagine what effect that has on our confidence in our bodies in an intimate way. If you don't feel confident in yourself, you're not going to want to do it. And if you don't know how to do it, then you're not going to feel confident. It's just a vicious cycle. So I feel like that's the very first step to feeling like comfortable and okay with yourself. And it's something so many women never ever learn about. Like ever in their lives. There's this podcast I listen to called Sex with Emily. And Emily is like a sex doctor. And she'll get just random people to call in. And there'll be, like, 60-year-old women who, who will call in and be like, yeah, I'm just getting into masturbation. I've never orgasmed before. And I'm like, what? You're 60 years old and you've never had an orgasm? That is so sad. It is crazy. I'm reading a book on sex right now that is absolutely life-changing. So I, I think I told you about it. Um, I'm going to link it because it's that good. It's called Come As You Are, and every single woman on the planet should read it. If you are experienced, if you're not, if you're in tune with your body, if you're not, it literally explains how sex works for women, and no one has ever done that, and there's, there's another book, and it's like She Comes First. It's written by a man. Don't buy that one. Buy one that's written by a woman. Buy, listen, read research that's written by women, taught by women, because women are the experts on our own bodies. And she, in her book, cites a lot of other amazing sex educators who are women. Yeah, it's just an outstanding book, and she just explains the physiological, psychological, um, 
aspects of sex for women and why it's complex for us and what we need and how it's actually a, a brake and a gas pedal and there's a lot that goes into it so it's super interesting. I just love the whole point about men commenting on women and like movies and porn being made for men. It's interesting to analyze how that plays into our own body confidence because you said we're always just on this pedestal where we can be ridiculed and and picked apart. Why? Because we're women and we're only meant for men is just not really fair. Because we portray porn only through one lens and movies usually through only one lens, just the expectations that men have of women are so unrealistic. And the expectations that women have for ourselves are so unrealistic. We're just supposed to be all these different things at once. We're supposed to be Megan Fox, dead sexy hot. We're supposed to be Zoe Deschanel, quirky, goofy, and pretty, but she doesn't know she's pretty. We're supposed to be all these different fantasy characters that men have created. And so it's like we're we're always trying to fill a role in in a men's world in a man's world yeah i was gonna mention the other episode there's a character called manic pixie dream girl and i learned actually had a class in university and it was called hollywood cinema and i learned about movies it was so cool we watched movies in class and then we analyzed them and talked about them the next lesson we talked about manic pixie dream girl and she is a character created by men And it was sort of a way for men, it was supposed to be a compliment to women. It was like, this is what we kind of think of you, this is a cool character for you. A man-made character of a woman. If you guys have ever heard of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, there's this one character named Ramona Flowers, and that's his love interest. She's sort of like that girl. She's got the funky colored hair, and she's quiet and weird, and she doesn't really have many friends. She's just kind of aloof and like... But it's just another construction made by men for women to be this dreamy alternative girl who rides a skateboard and doesn't have any other connections in life and her only connection is this man. And, you know, you've got the blonde in movies who's predictable. She's the queen bee. She's the blonde. She might be dumb. But the man at Pixie Dream Girls, she's she's different. Like, ooh, she's weird. She's quirky. Like... It's supposed to be this huge compliment, and it's just not, because you keep putting us into these boxes, and we have to keep explaining to you that we're real people, and we're different. Yeah. I, what I find fascinating about that Manic Pixie Dream Girl is that she is a little bit of everything, but never too much of something. I think it kind of falls into the same category of, like, oh, she's the one who's not annoying. And it just totally just ends up, like, oppressing us. And we're all like, oh, none of us are like her because we're not, we're not all a little bit of everything. We're a lot of some things and a little bit of some things and none of other things. It's just so unrealistic. We just need more protagonists who are women, who are people of color, who are black people, Latinx people, without it being this big tokenization thing. Like, we made a movie for women! It's like... Just make the movie (laughs) and you don't have to don't make it a thing about it's for women it's a special movie just for you like here's this thing in pink for you it's just continuing that narrative of we need special things because we're women like 
we need you to respect us, but we don't need a special movie. <laughs> Katniss Everdeen, The Hunger Games. I, Ty and I just literally rewatched every single one in order. It, there's a couple things in my head right now. It's so interesting because Higher Priestess was talking about this too, and they were talking about Jennifer Lawrence and how they love her, but she's really been made to be this like cool girl like, her as a person, as an actress. Yeah, like, her marketing is so smart. Like, she's different. She's funny. She's quirky. She loves to eat pizza. She's, like, falls at the Oscars. Like, falls in her gown on the stairs at the Oscars. And everyone finds her endearing. And it's just kind of another character, you know? It's, like, another thing. It's, like, she falls into the cool girl. It's, like, she's accepted by men, but they still want to have sex with her. Like, it's... And we just watched The Kissing Booth 2, which was horrible, but I kind of just like it because I like it, and it's kind of cute. There's such a character, too, that people create with women, and Joey King in The Kissing Booth is this person, and Jennifer Lawrence is this person. They're kind of standoffish. Like, they kind of roll their eyes at men a bit, and, and they get really dramatic and really annoyed with men all the time and the men just kind of like laugh and brush it off like that's such a character too where they're before the man even has the chance to say or do anything to like prove himself or be a good person or not be the girl already has her guard up and she's like super sarcastic and super like just eyes are rolling and just like thinks that he's an idiot and I I like it but at the same time it's almost so overdone where it's like, okay, now you're just making us look bitchy. And then that's so unrealistic that men would just laugh it off when we're being bitchy to them. Like, no, you'll like threaten to kill us or call us a bitch because we didn't want to see your unsolicited dick pic. Yeah, the movie would have a very different ending than both guys being in love with her. It's like, it's like that overdone movie way. I think someone who's sarcastic and gives you a hard time is, like, sexy and fun, like, Ty and I are like that, but when it's so overdone and the person is, like, mean to you before you even really establish a relationship or a conversation, that's just so it's bizarre. So it's making us, you're either making us look like a bitch or a clueless girl falling in love, and it's just, like, literally one or the two. It's a binary. I thought it was fascinating just the fact that I feel like men are always like, why are women so insecure? Why are women so... Why do you always have to worry about what you look like when you go out? And why do you... Why do you kill us? Why do you follow us? Why do you kidnap us? Like... (laughs) It's fascinating that the only reason we're like that, really, is because of them. Like, I'm just curious what, like, a patriarchy-free world would really, truly look like. Like, of course, it'd be amazing, but, like, what would we all look like? Would makeup even be a thing? Would exercise plans be a thing? Would people ever diet? What would we all do? What kind of hobbies would we take up? What, what would we have, like, more confidence to pursue? I seriously, it's funny because I really, truly can't really imagine it. Like, I have no idea. I know, because we have, like, no sense of just women on their own without men around. I would have to actually take an evening and, like, lay on the couch and stare at the ceiling and think about what a non-patriarchal world would be like. To be super honest with you, I think that there... 
this is actually probably going to be a topic in a different episode, but I think that the reason a lot of women are mean to other women and shame other women is because of the patriarchy. Because we've, again, told women that they need to be a certain way, and men shame them, and we've created ways of shaming them, so then women take up those ways too. So I think that if there were no men around to create all these rules about how we should think, feel, and act, then we would probably have better interpersonal relationships between women and with ourselves, I'm sure. I mean, the fact that there's so many... The entire world is run by men. Like, if women were the leaders, we would have a lot more education and technology and products that were helpful to us and applicable to us and we would probably understand our bodies a lot better a healthcare system would like be completely different yeah it's just because men are in the positions of power and systematically it's physically harder for women to become leaders and get into positions of power because if it's just white man after white man after white man it's it's not going to happen for us So they're the ones that make the rules, which is why women can't get funding, or women can't become professors, or women can't this, women can't even go to university. So I think that if women ran the world, we would have, yeah, just have so much more access to information that would aid us. I think a good note to like kind of wrap up on is that I've just, I mean, I've been reading up a lot on misogyny and patriarchy lately. It's become very much more pressing in my mind. And I just heard this incredible thing the other day that it's sort of like anti-racism work because as white people, it's our job to unlearn racism. It's not black people's job. It's not indigenous people's jobs. We should not be sliding into their DMs and causing them emotional labor and asking them like barraging them with questions it's our job to unlearn what we have done and been doing for centuries it's on us because we created a society that does this and we benefit from it so it's our responsibility so with that it's men's responsibility to unlearn their own misogyny and the patriarchy because they've built a world that oppresses women And even if you didn't build it yourself with your own hands, you are directly benefiting from a system that oppresses women simply by existing. So you may just want to live your life and feel like you don't have a responsibility because you were just born, but by being born into a world like this, you have a responsibility automatically. So it's actually on men to unlearn their own misogyny, and it's not up to women to teach you. It's emotional labor for us. Not comparable to the emotional labor of black women per se, but it is a form of emotional labor. I mean, it's great that you want to help and be better, but it's your responsibility to do the research, educate yourself on the history of women in Canada, North America. I think we can still say in this day and age that a majority of men, they don't think there's any more work to be done. They still don't think it concerns them at all. I went to the Women's March a few years ago and there were like two men. It's like, that's all we need. When you see a man standing up for women, 
that's what we want. I just don't understand how to make them understand. And at the same time, it's not our responsibility to make them understand. But at the same time, men won't come to that conclusion on their own, I don't think. So what the hell are we supposed to do? No, they can't see that there's a problem. Well, I mean, we're doing free emotional labor right now. This is very true. We're doing it. Like, that's the thing. I'm not trying to sound like, we won't help you. Like, I will gladly help you. <laughs> I will give you so many resources. I will tell you what to look up. I will Google it for you and send it to you. Like, it's just kind of more the principle of the thing. Like, it is up to you, but people like Mandy and I will help you, I think. I will. Yes, I will. Especially too. if you've come to that point where you want to learn more about it and do something about it. But yeah, no, I totally get that. Like, if someone doesn't know that they need to change, how would they ever change on their own? It, it does have to be women who, mm-hmm. who put out that information and put out those thoughts and feelings that let people know that what's going on right now is not okay. So we do have to keep speaking up and for ourselves and for other women so that other people catch on. But ultimately, it is a man's issue that they've created and they need to solve. But we do have to make sure that they hear it. Because it's also in our nature. Like, that's the whole... That's why patriarchy and racism are so embedded into our society and so difficult to unlearn because how the way we've been conditioned into the different genders is women are like the considerate thoughtful ones and men just like take up space and do their thing and they're content with life and they don't have to question but women are always like questioning and wondering and are we enough and what do I know and what do I not know and we I think we're like the curious ones who seek out ways to be better so that's a a bound um an obstacle too like men literally don't think the same way and aren't going to be looking to be like better people necessarily they're not trying to like i would say there's a way more women doing anti-racism work and things like that as opposed to men or activism of any kind i'm pretty sure yeah and that goes into the whole emotional thing like men don't want to be seen as like full of emotion and full of passion for some reason yeah so then it's hard for men to want to be like i'm passionate about women's rights everyone's gonna be like that's embarrassing for you (laughs) like and it's so annoying because i think most mm, i'd like to say most women we're talking attractiveness like if i think men a lot of men's main goal is to be like maybe that's a general statement but like they want to be sexy to women they want to turn women on what would turn me on is you being a fucking feminist what would turn me on is you being vegan or you just being emotional and telling me what's on your mind and embracing your feminine side like i at least speaking for me that's so attractive because it means you're like you have a huge you know emotional capacity and you know it doesn't mean that you're gonna be quiet for the rest of your life and then have some emotional angry outburst one day it just shows that you're a well-rounded person who's educated and can feel things i agree like if you're just all about i mean yeah and i can't speak for all women but if you think women just want like muscles like we want a brain we want a thoughtful caring person Like, we're, a lot of us who, like, aren't shallow don't care what height you are. We don't care what size you are. Like, 
we just want someone who treats us with respect and who we click with and you know all the things yeah it's i think if men actually took the time to ask us what we wanted too it would be a lot different like i think people just assume they know what other people want and they don't we can tell you what we want we can tell you what we expect from you and want from you we're really not that complicated we know what we want I think that it's just a narrative spun by men that women are so complicated and we don't make sense. And Absolutely. And I think it's hilarious that I think a, a few of us, at least, you know, you and me, I think we're very open about, like, the types of relationships we seek and, like, what kind of people we want to associate ourselves with. And I think it's kind of fascinating that when I say, I want this, like, men can literally just say, no, you don't. No, you don't want that. And it's like, no, that's what I want, actually. (laughs) I know what I want, but you just try to make me think that I don't want that thing. So then I get confused because you gaslight the crap out of me. But that's another. We could do a whole episode on gaslighting. Toxic relationships, I'm down. Feminism isn't about putting men down. It's just about, about us all being better and communicating about how we can all make this work together and unlearning toxic traits and systems. And we'll help you. Like, that's what we're here for. We haven't monetized it yet, so we're doing it for free. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. Biggest, most important thing, go to Apple Podcasts and write a review. It will help us reach more listeners. Please, if you enjoyed this episode or any episodes prior, just do that for us. That's all we're asking. It's totally free to do. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at the Too Much Podcast at Veggie Manny. Jessica underscore bait. And that's all. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you. Bye.